sermon today, and, and um, Rabbi Steve Stern um, I've known for a few years, and it's today's pleasure knowing him, and I'm so happy that he's here to share a few words with us on today's parasha, and also to be a plug-in for events that are happening in the UMJC as well. He is well, deeply involved in the UMJC, and so we know there's a few events that are coming up that are actually in our area in the summer, and so if you have any questions regarding that conference, ask him. He is the best person to ask things about regarding the UMJC, so have at him, and let's welcome him. Thank you. To be able to to be able to share with you, uh, yes, the UMJC is a, a a union. It's a union of congregations, and all of us here are part of that union, part of those that congregation. We're part of the greater thing that God is is I think doing uh, in our community, and it's it's really important. Sometimes we might feel a little you know, disconnected to the, the movement, to the union. But I think it's important for us to, to, to be aware that, that there are other congregations, there are other uh, things that are going on. And the union has been around now about 40 years. Do you know we're going to be celebrating, celebrating our 40th anniversary next year? And so that conference that we're going to have is actually going to be at Woodland Hills. And uh, what, 1979? Is that, where were you in 1979? What was going on in your life? And yet God was doing something powerful. He was doing something in, in, in the earth, bringing many people to faith. Right? Many Jewish people. And all of a sudden, God stirred the hearts of a group of men, a group of people, to form a union, the message. Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations, and we all share that, and it's it's a really positive, uh, wonderful thing. So our conference is going to be at the Marriott in Woodland Hills, and it's on July seventh. Oh, sorry, seventeenth through the twentieth, and uh, invite all of you to to be a part of that. We also have the Winter Leadership Retreat that's happening in Dallas. Uh, and certainly, uh, it's not too late if you, if, you know, want, wanted to take, participate in that, and that's also a very good time. Well, it's so, I am honored to be here. I don't know if you know this, but at one time, I was the associate rabbi here at, uh, at Ahavatzion. I have to kind of think, you know, am I at Beth Munah? I'm so used to <laughs> talking over there. But at Ahavatzion, and I... Uh, during, the t during the time when Barry Budoff was the rabbi. And so it, it is certainly, uh, I, I you know, remember those, those days with great fondness. And today, today it's a very difficult time for me because my father just passed away a week ago. And so as I think about our parashah portion, it was very interesting to me to find that here we have two great figures in Jewish history, Yaakov 
and Joseph. And both of them, you know, pass away in this parsha portion. And as I began to think about that, it, it, was, it was like different. I had read this parsha portion so many times in the past. But for some reason, this particular portion really grabbed my heart. And I could connect with, what, with the individuals and what they were going through. As I thought about Yaakov, Yaakov, and realizing at that point that he was going to pass away, that he was going to die. And what was he concerned about? He was concerned about the land of Israel, where he was going to be buried. That was what was important to him. And he was also thinking about the children of Israel and the legacy, the legacy that God, he wanted God to do through the people of Israel, his children. And you know, he knew. He, was, he had a prophetic sense of what God was going to accomplish and God was going to do in the for the people of Israel. Now, I have a question for you today, and that's this. What is the legacy that you would like to leave for future generations? What is the legacy? And I think about this congregation. This congregation has a tremendous legacy. Does it not? Isn't it one of the original congregations of the Messianic movement? Didn't God do a great and wonderful thing when he formed this congregation? When he brought people together and created such a wonderful work for him? Amen, right? Well, I was thinking about this. And, you know, my wife and I recently did a lot of cleaning around our garage and in our house. You know, how many of you like to do that? <laughs> well, I have been the rabbi at Beth Munaf for about four years. And, you know, being so busy, and I was also working uh, as a physical therapist. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. And so there wasn't a lot of time to get all that cleaning done. But then I have recently retired from that position. And so we had a lot of time. And so I'm going around, we're, we're you know, emptying boxes, we're, we're uh, you know, straightening up different rooms, and all of a sudden I happen upon a box. And in that box was a picture. And it was a picture of my two sons and myself. And it, in this box, my, my, my children had, had given this to me on Father's Day many, many years ago. And, uh, and I looked at that picture, and I had used to, you know, when I used to work at Panorama City, Kaiser, that used to sit on my desk, and I used to look at it. And it used to remind me about my children and my kids. And then I, as I looked at that frame, around the edges were engraved these words. Dad, you set an example I follow for life. You taught me to do what is right, to try my best, to show respect. Your words ring true in my head and in my heart. Thanks for being my teacher and my best friend. I love you, Dad. 
Let me say that when I looked at those words, and, I, and it, you know, I'm here I, I'm also um, thinking about the loss of my, my father. And I read those words, and I want to say that I'm very proud of the mentions that my sons have become. And my hope is that they will inspire their children to be mentions as well. What about you? Where are you in terms of what God is calling you to do as a congregation, as an individual, as a family? What is the legacy that you would like to leave? What is it? Isn't that something that we as Messianic Jewish believers, isn't that something we wrestle with? How can we continue and transfer what God has given to us? Isn't that what the Jewish people struggle with? Isn't that what we struggle with? How do we pass that on to that next generation? How do we pass this faith? How do we pass this tradition that God has given us to that next community? And as I said... In our parashah portion this week, we see the death of two significant figures. The first one was Yaakov. And through Yaakov, we know, came the descendants. The, the, began the foundation, the formation of the nation of Israel. And we know that as we think of him at, at that time, and he was getting ready and he's prepared to pass. It says in Genesis, and I'm going to reread what we had read earlier. Genesis 47, 28. It says, Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. Thus Yaakov lived to be 147 years. The time came when Israel was approaching death. So he called for his son Yosef and said to him, If you truly love me, Please put your hand under my thigh and pledge that out of consideration for me, you will not bury me in Egypt. Rather, when I sleep with my fathers, you are to carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. He replied, and this is Yosef, I will do as you have said. He said, swear to me, and he swore to him. Then Israel bowed down at the head of his bed. Who does he call? When he, Joseph... Yaakov, who does he call when he knows that he's about to, to die? Joseph. And we th I asked myself, why did he call Joseph? Why didn't he call Reuben? Wasn't that his firstborn? Why didn't he call someone else? But Yosef was the first one, and we know why. Because he knew that Joseph had love and respect for him. Because also, he had respect for the role of the descendants, the redemption. He knew that there was a role that, that God was going to be doing, that God was going to be using his people for. And God had used Yosef in such a mighty way, right? To, in a sense, he's a figure of Messiah. Because just as Yosef suffered... Our Messiah suffered. Just as Yosef was used as an instrument to bring the people of Israel, right, into a place of safety 
during the time of famine. Yes, God used Yosef in that way. So it's very significant, very important, and not an accident that he says he calls Yosef, knowing that. He, and it's not like he's, I mean, his death is, is you know, pending. But it's not like he's going to die right away. But he knows that his death is near. And he knew that he would be faithful, that Yosef would be faithful and follow through on his promises. He also knew that he had the authority because God had given Yosef a special position as a regent in Egypt. And what does he do? He says, Yosef, I want you to promise that you will bury me. Bury me in the tomb of my fathers that was located in Hebron. How many of you have ever been to Hebron? Hebron. Right. It's, it's an interesting area. And Ruth and I you know, had the opportunity of, of visiting there a number of years ago. And you have to go, in order to get there, you have to go in a bulletproof. It's not safe. And I was, you know, when I, we went, we went there, and I'm, as we're walking around, you can actually, at one point, you can actually look into, into the, uh, the West Bank. You can look over and you can see. It's, it's just kind of interesting. And I remember walking around and picking up shells, bullet, you know, shells that had been shot. And so it really isn't a safe place. But it is a very important place. It's a very holy place because it's a place where our patriarchs were buried. And that's where he wanted to be buried, in the cave of the patriarchs. And this was where Abraham was buried. This is where Sarah was buried. And it's interesting that, that, that uh, on the side that we were, the side that Jacob was buried, because it's on the, the Israeli side, there's also the Palestinian side. And, and that's where Abraham is buried. And it's only once a year that they open that up so that they can come and, and visit. But as I was thinking about what, what Yaakov was going through at this point. What was he concerned about? He was concerned about the fact that he wanted to be in the land. And as I thought about that, I said, this is really a demonstration of his faith, of his trust in God. Because he had confidence that Joseph was going to follow through. He was confident because he had faith in the promises of God, in the promises that God had made to the descendants of Israel. And it says in Hebrews 11.21, By faith, Yaakov, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he bowed in worship while leaning on the top of his staff. And it says also, By faith, Yosef, when his end was near, made mention of the exodus of B'nai Yisrael and gave instructions about his bones. Here we find in Hebrews 11.22 that he's alluding to the fact that the reason why he wanted to be buried was because he had trust in God, because he believed God, because he had faith in God. 
And this was a testimony of his faith and of his belief in the promises of Hashem. Is this the first time that Yaakov has ever been outside of the land of Israel? No, it isn't. And I'm thinking in my mind that as he's lying on his deathbed, he's thinking back to that experience that he had many, many, many years ago. That experience when, as he was fleeing from Esau, as he was fleeing for his life, and then he comes to that place where he has this encounter with God. And, and it says here in Genesis 28.10, it says, Yaakov went out from Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed the night there because the sun had set. He took a stone from the place, put it under his head, and lay down to sleep. And he dreamed there before him was a ladder resting on the ground with its tops reaching to heaven. And the angels of Adonai were going up and down on it. Then suddenly Adonai was standing there next to him and said, I am Adonai, the God of Avraham, your father, and the God of Yitzhak. The land on which you are lying I will give to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the grains of the dust on the earth. You will expand to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And by you and your descendants, by you, you and your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Look, I am with you. I will guard you wherever you go, and I will bring you back into the land because I won't leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. So I'm thinking that he's probably thinking about this. God promised him what? That he wouldn't leave him in Haran. That he would bring him back to the land of Israel. And he's thinking in his mind, in his heart, that God is going to be faithful and that he should, he's going to bring him back. He's going to go back and be buried in the land of Israel with his forefathers. That's the key promise, that he will do that. And I think Yaakov realized at that point that God was faithful to him. And he, he thought about all the times that God was faithful. And God would continue to be faithful. So I see this as a powerful dream. The dream that he has, as you know, that at that point, he had this dream of a ladder. And the ladder sat on the ground, reaching to heavens. And this ladder were angels ascending and descending upon him. And there's a reference in the scriptures, in the New Covenant by Yeshua, in John chapter uh, 1, verses 43 through 51. It says this, The next day Yeshua decided to go to the Galilee, and he finds Philip and says to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, Bethesda, the same town as Andrew and Peter. And Philip finds Nathanael and tells him, We have found the one that Moses in the prophets, in the Torah, and also the prophets wrote about, Yeshua of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Nazareth, uh, Nathanael answered. Can anything come from there? Philip said to him, Come and see. Yeshua saw Nathanael coming towards him. He said, look, a true Israelite, there is nothing false in him. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Yeshua answered, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Rabbi Nathanael answered, you are Ben Elohim, you are king of Israel. Because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, you believe. And Yeshua replied to him, 
you will see greater things than that. And he said, amen and amen, I tell you, that you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down, coming on the Son of Man. Yes, during that experience that he had, he saw a ladder. He saw the angels going up and down. And Yeshua refers back to this, linking that to this encounter that Yaakov has with God. What an amazing symbol that ladder is. It was a symbol of Yaakov's status before the Lord, that he was chosen, that he was called, that these 12 tribes would come from him, and that God would use these 12 tribes, and that through these 12 tribes, of course, he would give the land. They would conquer that land. But it was also prophetic in that it, it spoke of the coming of Mashiach, that God would reveal his presence in the earth and to mankind. And I draw comfort from that. Comfort from that. And comfort, and I imagine Jacob did as well. He was comforted by the reality or the recognition that God was faithful. That God was trustworthy. That God, even though he was passing and he made preparations for the future, God would fulfill what he desired. And so we see that it's important for us to make preparations. It's important for us to be thinking about the future, thinking about what God is, is going to be doing and bringing in our lives and in our midst. And I think about, you know, my son my sons, my children, and I think about what God desires for us in terms of leaving a legacy, in terms of what we should be doing for the future. What is God speaking to your hearts about today in terms of what God desires for us leaving a legacy? What's the future of this congregation? What's the future that God has for us? Yeshua. Not only did Jacob seek to prepare uh, for the legacy of the future when he spoke with Yaakov, not only did he prepare in, in that he gave a blessing to the 12 tribes, each of the individual tribes in our parasha, but also we see Yeshua does the same thing. Just as Yaakov sought to prepare his children for the future, so does the Messiah seek to prepare us. In John chapter 14, 1, it says, and Yeshua knew that there was going to come a time when he was going to, he himself was going to die. And he was, he was concerned about his, his followers, and he said in John 14, 1 and following, Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to which I am going. And Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Yeshua said to him, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The truth is, the hope for Israel is the same as it was in the time of Yaakov. It has never changed. And just as Israel has faced challenges to its existence today, like never before, the true protector and guardian of Israel is Hashem, right? God, just as God was faithful to Abraham, just as he was faithful to Joseph, just as he was faithful to our people, he promises to be faithful today. He is the hope of Israel. He will be our protector. He will be with our nation despite all the challenges it is facing right now. And one day, one day Messiah will return. He will come back and he will stand on the Mount of Olives and then we will see that final redemption. And then that hope that Yaakov had as he was on his deathbed, as he was preparing to die, that hope that he had will be fully realized when Messiah comes and we see the full redemption of the nation. Death and loss are realities we all face. Yaakov's death led him to make preparations, all with the full aim of seeking to leave behind, leaving behind a legacy of faithfulness to Hashem. He demonstrated by his actions that he believed in God and he believed in his promises to Israel and to the nations. He set about to ensure that the promise of blessing would be passed on through his sons and his daughters. We should be faithful. We should be inspired by his example and seek to leave a legacy of faithfulness to Hashem and his son, the Messiah, Yeshua. Let us live lives that matter for the kingdom of God. Let us seek to leave a legacy that inspires future generations to place their hope and trust in Hashem and the Messiah, Yeshua. So that's my challenge to all of us today. To think about the promises that God made to Yaakov, that God made to him, that those promises that he was concerned about, cared about. As I think about this congregation, the legacy that it has, may God bless this congregation. May God renew all of you. May God cause all of you to come in and, and, and join together with that commitment to see a legacy for the future generations of of the Messianic Jews and, and our Jewish people. Let's pray towards that end. And let's Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for uh, the legacy the, you know, that they have. And I just pray for your blessing upon each and every member, each, each of the leaders, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would... Um, just encourage your vision in their hearts and lives. Restore them, renew them, and rejuvenate them. And may they truly be a, a blessing for you. And may they, they leave a, a real legacy that will continue into the future, we pray. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen.